0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of CX Cast, And let us be the first, probably not the uh, hundredth, people to say Happy New Year to you. This is Sam Stern and my co-host Jenny Wise. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. We are sitting here at the beginning of 2018 trying to think about what do we feel like this year is going to be? about. And Jenny, I will put you on the spot. Your word of the year is reality Mm -hmm. and not virtual reality and not augmented reality. And I'm thinking that's not because we limited you to one word, but because you're really focused on reality, right? So tell us why. What are you thinking about?
1: Yeah. So it's just reality, partially because the challenge is one word. So that is one word. (laughs) Uh, But it can be applied to many different things. So if I have to chunk it out uh-huh. into categories um, I think of it three ways so there is how do we understand reality Okay. so if we're thinking in UXCX terms how do we know what a user's reality is their goals their yeah. motivations what they're doing How do we then create and manipulate reality? Hmm. And that does tie into some of those emerging tools, right? And this power that we now have to create this reality, which is augmented or what have you. And then how do we take responsibility for reality when we have those
0: powers? So understanding creation or control of it and responsibility. And that's great because I love responsibility is if you are understanding it and you are applying new technologies to manipulate it, you have to be responsible for the, the yeah. results of that. So let's go back to understanding, because I think you imply a lot there, and I'd love to tease out what you're, how you're thinking about that without leading you in, in how, what you were making me think of by suggesting understanding is an important part of reality. What were you thinking about?
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking of the challenge for myself this year, for some people listening to this, to make sure that when you're doing something such as user research or crafting a strategy or doing a journey map, that it isn't just based on assumptions or a few data points, that the goal is to understand the user, the consumer, the person's actual Reality. Yeah. So thinking larger picture about this person as a human who is walking through the world, having interactions, goals, and motivations. And then how does that reality for that user then impact how we engage with, interact with, or help them? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. What
0: Okay, good. No bring up for you. Yeah. Well what where I first went in my head is, yeah, the understanding of reality means implies to me we need and this connects to your last one, we need to take responsibility for knowing not what the customer or the respondent is telling us or not merely if they're a user in particular interpreting from what they do but trying to understand the broader picture as you were just saying in which they're doing it trying to understand how they answer survey questions or how they click through a, a sequence of screens how to understand that beyond that data point or mm-hmm. that set of data points right it's not okay well they give us a nine on the survey what does that mean that means they're loyal it it means well, we have to understand, do they always give us nines or do they always give us tens and this is a step down or do they always give us sevens, this is a big step up. How how do we put this into context and understand it better? So I really like that because even if we're getting a true representation of how they felt about an experience or reacted to it or what they did, it's still just a narrow slice of what that reality is.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right.
0: Okay, so if we're understanding it and we're taking care to do that, then we maybe, uh, if we Do that really diligently, have a firm footing to manipulate it or augment it or, you know, shape it? How are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, so here, and this isn't necessarily a linear path, so this might not (laughs) tie in directly, but this is where we have all these new tools to change how we as people are perceiving and interacting with the world. So I can now, through augmented reality, hold up my phone and see you know people walk by or overlays of facts about a building that i'm looking at or in virtual reality put on a headset and walk through an ikea kitchen and so that is something that's different and that is new and i mean if you really want to get philosophical here and i won't make us go down this path too much um, but if, <laughs> <laughs> if reality is a sum of all of the senses that we're feeling and perceptions that we have as people this can blur the line of what is actually reality and what isn't reality and so if I'm wearing haptic gloves so I can reach out in that Ikea kitchen and feel the grain of that wood. Is that real? Is that a real experience? Is that not a real experience? Am I, the mm. company, able to you know, manipulate what that wood feels like perhaps to drive more purchases? Yeah. Um, do we need some disclaimer for people to say, this looks like you're touching this wood. This isn't necessarily what it feels like. Or if they're doing oh. something dangerous, like you know, yeah. walking off a plank of a building and right. know, a fun one to have some type of disclaimer there as well.
0: Yeah. In the real world, you know, you already were preheating the oven in this virtual kitchen. So by now, and good news, it gets hot really fast. It would have been hot when you stuck your hand in there. So next time, reach under the virtual cabinet or the real one and get your oven mitt before you do that. That's really connecting the responsibility piece, your last bucket here, to what you do to manipulate it is you have to think through the implications of how that would impact the experience. And and, and to your point, I, I love that idea of what the customer is going to see as reality versus mm-hmm. what is not real and where do they draw the line versus where are you drawing the line and, mm-hmm. and, and being more responsible about that. So talk a little bit more about the responsibility piece.
1: What you said goes into that really well because it is about taking responsibility of these new interactions that you're creating, even thinking at a smaller level. If we have people, you know, talking to Alexa, at a human level, I'm perceiving this like a conversation. And how much can a company take advantage of the fact that I'm now having this human-like interaction to empathize with Alexa or say it's Alexa? Um, There's some sound bites of kids, right? If you talk to kids having Alexa in their house and you say, where's Alexa? They say, oh, she's in this device. Do they think Alexa is a person? Right. Um, And so we just have to think about, as we have these new tools to interact with that play with human senses and emotions and perceptions, how do we make sure we're using this ethically and in a way that is fair?
0: (laughs) That's really interesting. And and you just, you made me think of, you know, in the old days before we had real robots, Mm -hmm. we tried to mimic them, right? What we thought they would look like, right? The mechanical Turk, sticking someone in it and pretending it was a robot. And now we're doing as much as possible to make our robots seem more human. So we totally flipped the script, right? It's, well, we're good at making robots be robots. Now onto the next thing, make them as human as possible. But to your point, that implies a different relationship with whatever that is Mm -hmm. uh, than if it were truly a robot. And I think you've referenced, as we've talked about this a bit in the past, what are the implications if the tone or words or way we treat these mm-hmm. virtual assistants, if they're real enough that that is like how you are, you're interacting with something that feels like a human, that has implications for how you would treat other humans. And right. I think it's it's bad to be learning or you know almost coaching ourselves to talk down or to be short or be mean to these yeah. virtual assistants since they're not human, because we're still talking to them as if they're humans and thinking of, about them subconsciously, at least, as if they're humans. And so it can probably impact our behavior with real humans.
1: Yeah, this has this big trickle down effect into yeah. interaction when we continually blur these lines, but then on the flip side of that, if I'm short with Alexa and I'm bossing around Alexa. Do I start bossing around my friends right. or then do we have to train, you know, children to be nice and polite to Alexa? Right. In which case we're teaching that the new human computer interaction is one where we treat the computer like a human, right. which is also this odd, you know, disconnect so Well, yeah, and I, I just
0: have to think about that. And I think, you know, you uh, you bookended this this conversation with uh, uh, references to uh, pop songs, right? Blurred lines, and in the beginning, back to life, <laughs> back to reality. So, uh, well done, Jenny. Connecting, you know, with a more popular, uh, broad-based audience. Popular yeah.
1: plan. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, I think your word, reality, ties in really nicely with my word for the year because is in particular your buckets around responsibility and around the middle about what you do to shape reality get into the areas i'm thinking about with the word intent and intent is really about when we want to deliver a great customer experience or when we're interacting with a customer we're trying to get them to do something why what is our motivation for that and my sense is the stronger our commitment to it being to give value to that customer, to help them fulfill a, a true need or a larger goal, the better we're going to be at all facets of customer experience. And that seems like an obvious thing to say, but I think it also does. And you know, to cover all three of your your chunks from reality, it requires you to get to a deeper, more nuanced sense of understanding about what the customer's actual goals and needs are. Not, you know, they're just saving money for retirement. Not, they're just, um, you know, they want a, a, a meal fast and cheap. How does this fit into their larger goals and their larger themes um, of their life. And I think that would help companies to handle situations where there's maybe a little disconnect, handle service recovery situations, handle ambiguity better if they are coming at it with the right intent that allows them to be authentic, allows them to be truly wanting to respond and, and react and adapt to a evolving understanding of what the customer's needs are. If they have the intent to truly understand and, and provide the best possible experience, then it will make it easier for them to move with the customer. And I think this has implications as we see companies struggling to meet heightening expectations from customers, shifting expectations that are being set by new experiences cropping up in all different industries. The right intent will allow you to better adapt to those shifting expectations. So
1: when you're thinking of that word, then, and I have a feeling this may be similar to reality, which can be applied in many different ways. Yeah. um, Is it that the company's intent should be a customer experience focus Mm. behind everything they do, or is that the company's intent is to know what customer intent is and derive everything from that?
0: Yeah, great question. I was thinking about it more as the company intent. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think there's a natural extension there to say, well, what is the customer's intent here? I don't know that you need to get to that level with the customer of understanding What do we really think their motivations are? And maybe we do, but for me, it's more about the company's intent. And This is not to say that your intent needs to be perfect. It's more that you should, again, be honest with yourself about what it is. Why do we want the customer to do this? Because this reduces our cost to serve them and it would save them time. So let's think about that, right? That we are trying to save money by enabling a self-service, but there's also a way to do it where the customer feels like it empowers them because their phone's Mm -hmm. in their pocket and they can now check that status on their phone or they can check it on our app and our app works and is convenient. Our intent here, though, is still to reduce them having reduced the friction in this part. But in other elements of the experience, we don't want to reduce friction. We've talked about this in past podcasts because we need to have this be something that will attach to a memory and mm-hmm. stick. But, you, you know, and so what is the intent? The intent here is to make it memorable. The intent here is to reduce friction and reduce our cost. And thinking about that, I think, adds more nuance to how you would design certain experiences and, and helps you prioritize different types of experiences to deliver to different customers and different facets.
1: The intent is to first be honest with what your intent is yes. and and that is to say, it can be something such as increase sales, right, or reduce our costs because, of yeah. course, companies are going to have that type of intent, but then fill that intent in a way that doesn't violate the customer experience.
0: Yes. And thank you mm-hmm. for helping me state it more clearly than I have been. Yes. Let's be clear about what our intent here is. To me, that allows us then to use that as a constraint, use that to guide us mm-hmm. towards, you know, win-win or sort of, you know, more um, best-case scenario designs, right? Um, And I remember talking to Expedia, and I think we've published some of this, so I can mention them by name, but they really had this in a good way where they were saying, look, we want to reduce call center volume, but not to the point where it impacts the long-term relationship the customer is building with us. We hope, we want them to be, obviously. That's our long-term success is built on that. So we don't prioritize it over a good experience. We don't hide the number. We don't try to rush them off the phone, even as we are trying to reduce call center volume and reduce the time of calls. There are other ways to do that And in a more holistic review of our customer experience, we can find ways where we made it clearer. For example, one of the things they shared with us was if you get a hotel room with no cancellation policy, right? you get a cheaper rate up front, but a lot of times people still needed that flexibility and the extra $10 they saved wasn't worth it because they can't cancel now. If you are more explicit in the email about the no cancellation, you get fewer calls and you get the calls you do get, they know more what the situation is. And it's a different scenario, they're still calling, but you're not getting them as as angry, it doesn't take as long, you don't upset them as much, because you were more clear in your communications to customers. It has nothing to do with the call itself.
1: So the intent is to create a win-win situation yes. where you more right. transparent that's about right. any call that's been made.
0: And I think, you know, to say, hey, we, we could probably sell more of these rooms and we probably make more money if, you know, through the cancellations, even if we give $10 off because enough people cancel and we have more rooms. But we don't want to sell more rooms to a bunch of people who then will vow never to book with us again. We want to sell more rooms to people who are sure of their travel plans and we are giving them a viable option, not to a bunch of people who are going to trick. That is where intent can guide you towards different design decisions.
1: We've talked about brand north stars and also customer experience visions. So is this intent something that should actually be written down and worked into those? Or should those be something that you reference as you sort of go into projects and design decisions this year?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I do think that referencing those, I don't know that it needs to be the intent statements, or you know uh, detail needs to be in them, I do think in referencing them and referring back to them, it helps you stay true to what your intent is, or it helps you balance between your intent and what is going to be good for the customer experience. Mm-hmm. So I do think you want them involved in the process of staying true to what you're actually trying to do.
1: I like that. So you start with the intent, and that feeds into the reality that you'll create, and then those two words of the year come together.
0: That's right. So listeners, intent, reality, uh, those are the words Jenny and I are thinking about as we head into 2018. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, share your words if you have different ones, if you have words that you're thinking about. And uh, we look forward to weekly conversations with you throughout 2018. Thanks for listening. Mm Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CXCast. And remember, your customer's perception is your customer experience reality.